You know, Steve, I like to think that here on this podcast, I think that we've been pretty responsible trying to, I think, just preach a, a message of responsibility and caution when it comes to this whole pandemic thing. We've been doing the show socially distant, doing this over um, a phone call for almost a year now, which yep. is absolutely insane. It and, is. and you and I both have kind of, you know, cut ties with our normal life and tried to be mm-hmm. responsible and everything. Right. And I was thinking the other day, there's got to be a way that we can continue to inspire people because I know a lot of people are starting to get pretty ground down with this now. It's hard to keep it up. It's hard to, um, you know, maintain that responsible lifestyle, especially while we've got this vaccine rolling out and stuff like that. I know people are, you know, kind of losing their steam. So yeah. I feel like this is the right time that we unveil the new public awareness slogan that we can use here to keep people remembering, hey, there's a vaccine out there. You can go and get it. You'll be able to get it soon. But you also still got to maintain that social distance and stuff like that in the meantime until everybody's all vaccinated up. I got a new slogan that I think is going to spread like wildfire. And you heard it here first on Dead and Lovely. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. It's called Drugs Not Hugs. Okay. Gotcha. I see where we're going here. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I think that's really going to catch on with the people. <laughs> Keep everybody responsible. Keep your eyes on the drugs. Stay away from the hugs. Discourage people from hugging by encouraging them to do drugs. But you're going to have to encourage them to not do Molly. Because yeah, that's yeah. going to lead to drugs. hugs. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So they get really touchy and stuff then, huh? Yeah. So, hug, so drugs, not hugs, asterisk, except Molly. <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely <laughs> listeners, to the brand newest installment of the podcast. I say that because it mm-hmm. is the singular podcast, mm-hmm. the only podcast. Why did we even give it a title? That's a good question. We should really, just yeah, be the like, podcast. Welcome to. Oh, we need to differentiate ourselves from the other podcasts, as if there are other podcasts. I mean, come on, <laughs> yes, the podcast. Duh. I guess we do. We do have a title to the podcast, right? That's right, that's right. It's Dead and Lovely, here with the host with the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Tales from the Hood, Part 2, which is streaming on the Netflix right now. If you want to get straight to the movie review portion, there's a Mm timestamp that's for you there in the podcast description. Just go to that if you want to miss the good stuff, I guess, you know? See you Uh later. That's right, yeah. See you when we get there, I guess, (laughs) huh? Because in the meantime, before we get to the movie review, we're going to be catching up, talking about what we've been watching, slamming a co-beer, and just having ourselves a good time. Because let's be honest, this podcast is just a thinly veiled disguise for <laughs> me and Steve just to hang out every week. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. Here. That's all it's for. Hello. Yeah, pretty much. How you doing this week, Steve? I, I've been having a pretty good week. I've been, yeah. I've been playing video games. Ooh. Full stop. Video game, yeah. huh? using that that fancy new sex box that you got. <laughs> yeah, the fancy new used sex box. Hmm. Might we call it a triple X box? Ooh, damn. Yeah. Mm, no, put, we could put call your it disc that. in me, Daddy. <laughs> it does say that. It does say <laughs> that. I did change my name to Daddy, so it would say that. But it does say that. Oh my <laughs> Lord of Mercy! What you been playing on that thing? I've been playing several games, uh, including a little Madden football. That's been oh, fun. Yeah? yeah. Football. And are you doing that instead of watching the Superb Owl the other day? Uh, I did not really pay attention to the Super Bowl past this first half because it was pretty clear that uh, Tampa Bay was going to win. 
And I did, I did see a penalty that I was pretty sure was they called the penalty on the guy for intercepting Tom Brady's pass. I think that's a penalty now. Mm, okay. Well, yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, Can't if you do that. upset the great one, penalty. Mm, uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I played a little bit of Madden, but I've also been playing several other things. I, I started The Witcher 3 the other day. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, fun times and I also started the Batman Arkham Knight game which is the third in the Arkham series and I have yet to play it and I started playing it and you get to drive the Batmobile and it's awesome now when you say Batman you mean that guy from the Ben Affleck movie right yeah the guy from the Ben Affleck movie yeah yeah nice he's cool I like that guy I like the cut of his jib nice uh, nice outfit he's got a cool little outfit yeah it's weird that his wife tried to like frame him for murder though right Mm, yeah mm-hmm. that's a lot that strange. was strange mm-hmm. but i mean it all turned out good in the end when he and his daughter put on that play with george carlin mm-hmm. that's the one man yep. that that is <laughs> that's the jersey batman. girl i mean oh sorry <laughs> <The> batman <laughs> <laughs> awesome man so you've been doing some gaming that's pretty good you watched any flicks or anything this week not really uh except for i did finally get to one last night i i made myself a deal i was like look you can play all the video games you want um on on the weekend okay but during the week you need to get to fucking work so (laughs) um uh yesterday monday i i watched gothica with the hollyberry oh man and um and and robert downey jr and boy hmm Hollywood was really, like, really riding on M. Night Shyamalan's twist at the end of The Sixth Sense for years, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, yeah, they uh, they milked that one dry. Yeah, they were like, oh, twists. We're going to twist all over the place. It's going to be so fucking twisty, <laughs> it's going to be not even twisted. It's going to be the craziest <laughs> shit. You won't even be able to guess what's happening. Yeah, yeah, that movie is all about that shit. I remember mm-hmm. seeing it. Actually, in theaters, whenever oh, that damn. came out, saw yeah. it in theater. Yeah, paid for a seat in a big room to watch it on a very large screen. I'm sure you were just happy you had done that. You know what? And I definitely remember everything about that movie because it was so good. <laughs> uh, no, I don't remember jack shit about that movie. I remember that it was a twist, and there was like, yeah, Halle Berry in it. I don't remember really anything else about it. There's good acting in it, but the writing is terrible. It just reminded oh, me so much of what lies beneath where it's like oh this is dumb why is this happening <laughs> this is the Sick. stupidest shit um but yeah uh still holly Berry, awesome uh robert downey jr great on it his character just kind of disappears love it huge fan of that <laughs> they're just like we're done with him i guess the end <laughs> rap on rdj <laughs> yeah we had him for a few days and his shooting is done now so i guess we're over i guess now. that's okay. it moving on yeah I, yeah, I I hated it. I, I they took me almost four hours to watch it because I had to oh, keep pausing brutal. and doing other things to like psych myself up to go back to it. But it also <laughs> that, that's awful. Also uh, shot well and a lot of good imagery in there, but also some shit CGI because it was two thousand three. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean there were there were good elements, but I, I the thing is Netflix had recommended it to me and it was also in netflix trending and i had seen several people talking about it kind of recently and i was like huh there must be something to this maybe this is a hidden gem that i'm missing i do not think that is the case well you know what it was a bunch of redditors 
you know, they invested in Gothica stock to artificially inflate <laughs> the value of the movie. So it's popping up Gothica everywhere. Gothica to the moon. I get it. Yep. <laughs> Diamond hands on Gothica. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, watch Gothica. I've also been watching Raising Hope like like mad. So I really Fuck like yeah. I haven't only been gaming. I've been doing other stuff. But, uh, you know, watching Raising Hope, I'm into season three. It is just hilarious. Love it. The only complaint I had is uh, how how nicely they treated Nancy Grace and that they had Nancy Grace on the show. Fuck Nancy Grace. <laughs> Dude, we just started into season two, uh-huh. so we're not too far into it, but man, it's still just a joy. Awesome. I was really yeah. kind of worried that like, because it had been several years since we watched through it, that it wouldn't hold up or it'd be like, oh, this is not as good as I remembered, but... Yeah, no, it's, it's still, still just been kind of our go-to of just like, yeah, let's just go ahead and watch an episode of this before bed. Season two, <laughs> I think episode fourteen, maybe, where it was, uh, it's it's Jimmy uh, starts becoming friends with uh, what's the weird guy, Frank from work, Frank, yeah, and Frank has a a model of the the town in his house, so good, and they both uh, go to confront their bully who is trans and then beats the shit out of them. <laughs> that was seriously like that whole episode was amazing. Loved it. Oh my god, I forgot about that one. We've not gotten there yet. Okay, something to look forward to. Yeah, just great. Uh, so yeah, that that's all I've been watching. What you been watching, Ben? Nice man, dude. I'll tell you what. I've had myself a pretty good week, and I'll tell you two different reasons right off the top of my head for why it's been a pretty good week. For one, yesterday we got some positive news about our good buddy Brandon Suttles' yeah, battle with that. cancer. Mm-hmm. Man, he uh, it's not even my story to tell, but I'm just so excited about it. If you want to get all the details, you can go to his YouTube channel or GoFundMe page. But yeah. um, finally, in this you know second treatment of chemotherapy that he had, they finally saw some results. There was actually a very slim chance that it would even be effective, and it fucking worked. Yep. So basically, uh, finally some good news of Brandon's situation which is really 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 just fantastic it is we'll have to have him on here to talk about it yeah absolutely so he's not out of the woods yet it just means that you know he is going to be well enough to um yeah start heading towards that bone marrow transplant stuff that he needs yeah so any bit of good news we can get is good news and i suggest that you guys celebrate with us and head on over to the facebook page where you can buy some merchandise, some t-shirts and stuff like that that Brandon and his wife and a team of amazing people have put together. Just head over to facebook.com slash fight with B, as in boy, as in Brandon boy. Isn't that boy Brandon? That's Fight's right. B. Buy a t-shirt, support him and his family in his fight against this horrible illness. So that was some great news for me. But then something really cool happened, Steve. And this is something that doesn't happen very often. Let's hear it. Somebody made a movie just for me yeah and it's called psycho Goreman. oh yes dude i'm telling you what as soon as it started i was like i am in love with this fucking movie i knew you would be man i knew it would hit yes. you immediately it did the same to me it's just like this is perfect what oh my god I- i'll tell you man like what i've been telling everybody is don't go on amazon and rent it go on amazon and buy it yeah. because <laughs> you will want to watch it many multiple times this is one of those ones that's you know, as soon as we finished it, I was like, this is going to become one of those movies that I just always have on. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I, I love, I love, uh, the, the, the main protagonist girl. I can't remember her name. She's awesome. Mimi. That actress is going for it, man. When she breaks oh, yeah. that cross 
on her knee. <laughs> her knee. When she she starts like it sounds like she's praying, and Emily yeah. was like, "What the fuck?" Because it's like, "Where's That's this?" That's what I thought too. Yeah, like, like, where's this? We from? need to take this here. Yeah, and it, it's just like, wait, nope, that's not what she's doing. <laughs> Dude, she's a badass. So many parts in that movie where I was just like, you, I got to rewind that just so I can watch that again. Uh-huh. All the fucking hunky boys stuff, Duh. dude. <laughs> I don't care about <laughs> hunky boys. Or do I? Or do I? <laughs> dude, the way that the camera like slowly zooms in on his face and you can tell he's having this like yeah. miniature crisis for just a second. Yeah, just like, wait or a second. Or do I? And then later. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my hunky boys. <laughs> Not my hunky boys. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, and I could go on and on and on. Like, I know that we're going to do, like, an episode on this eventually. Yeah. But seriously, like, study up. If you're listening to this, <laughs> study up. Watch the movie a couple of times. Because, yeah. like, if you love 80s stuff, if you love 90s stuff, yeah. if you love horror, if you love Power Rangers, Power Rangers uh-huh. and Gwar. Yeah. And I think Venture Brothers. If you like Brothers, things that are nice. Any, anything, anything where, like, they build a world but don't, like, guide you by the hand the whole time mm-hmm. like just so much is going on in the background but they focus on this little family and their cutesy experience experiences with this uh, being that wants to destroy the universe <laughs> it's fucking awesome amazing it's hilarious it's gory the soundtrack is fucking awesome like yeah it's just rad, i really man. I can't say enough about it. Like I'm in love. I started watching it again last night. Like yeah, I get it. I can't get enough. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I I could watch it over and over. And I I really like I was saying. I think it's one you could probably watch with your kids. Like when you watch it, yeah, it's gory, but the gore is silly. Like none mm-hmm. of it's over serious, and there's no cussing in it. That's true. Yeah. Like it's amazing. I, I wonder if this the PG Psycho Gore Man if they that was kind of the the. Uh, initiation of the movie like could we make a, a pg movie that is nuts and four kids kind of like right monster squad <laughs> back in the day yeah it totally does have like a monster squad vibe about it i thought the exact same thing man but uh, but it just imagine if the cute girl was an insane person <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah basically oh my god man i i loved it so much and i hope that you guys do too so go on amazon and get that thing, and we'll talk more about it in the future, I'm sure. There's no way we can't do an episode on it. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're, we're going to cover that <laughs> soon enough. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you finally saw it. What else you been watching? Man, we've been continuing our, like, Sunday afternoon, just watch some, like, piece of shit giant action movie from the 90s spree that we've been on lately. Yeah. We watched a little flick called Bad Boys. Oh, yeah? With a Martin Lawrence and a William Smith. Mm-hmm. Bad boys. Uh-huh. Bad boys. What, what are gonna they going to do? do? Mm-hmm. They're going to give you a pretty fun Sunday afternoon, I'll tell you that. That's true. It's all right. It is it's all fun. right. It is all right. Um, I think the sequel's better as far as action movies If go. I recall, Bad Boys 2 is better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been forever since I've watched it, but I remember thinking it was just like yeah. way more over the top and it bombastic yeah, and fun to watch. Yeah, it's just insane. So. It's awesome. Yeah. I think you just watch Bad Boys so you can watch Bad Boys 2, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's like, yeah, you got to watch Friday the 13th Part 5 to get to Part 6. Exactly. Yeah. You exactly. got to get through it. It's not like you're struggling through it, but it's also like, you know what you want and it's not it yet. Like, you're, you're like, you're getting there, but you're not getting what you want yet. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. So I guess what I'm saying is I've got plans for this Sunday already. I haven't seen Bad Boys 3. 
No, I haven't either. I wonder, I wonder what that's all about. Maybe I find out. Maybe you do. Maybe I do. Uh, we've also watched ourselves a couple of more serious pictures. Okay. We're not all just fun and games. We're not all just playing grab ass out here. We watch <laughs> serious movies that are serious. <laughs> yeah. Okay? All right? Let's hear about them. We watch Sound of Metal. Okay. What is this? What is this about? So it's one of the ones that I've been hearing a bunch of buzz about, like a lot of hype about this movie. Uh-huh. Watched the trailer, and it was just like, okay, this looks right up my alley. It's about a, a guy who's like a heavy metal drummer that just like suddenly loses his hearing, like in the middle of a gig, basically, and is like playing just totally by sight. And they're in the middle of a tour, and it's just like, what the fuck do we do? You're going deaf suddenly, you mm-hmm. know? And um, it's just like very... I'm going to say like slow burn, introspective, like character study kind of thing of him learning how to cope with that. And it's interesting, man. It's one of those that is like, it is definitely slow. And like after it was over, I was kind of like, I don't know when I'll watch this again because it is a very slow moving kind of movie. But that's also kind of the point to you know show this guy who is a part of like the most frantic thing you can probably be, which is a heavy metal drummer. Uh (laughs) And then learning how to live uh, a life in silence and learning how to use sign language and live in a, a community of, of people without hearing and stuff. It was interesting. Really cool movie. I think that you'd like it a lot, actually. Yeah. I'll check it out. Sound of yep. Metal. I got it written down Sound right here. Sound of Metal, man. So we watched that. We also watched a movie that I had not seen until I think right after it came out on um, DVD way back in the day. Okay. And I remembered fucking hating it. Even though it has a William Murray uh-huh. as the main character. I'm talking about Lost in Translation. Yeah, this seems like a movie I w- would have seen, but I have not seen this movie. That is shocking I to know. me, dude. I don't know why I haven't. It's probably just um, I'm every time I see it streaming, I'm like not in the mood for that, I assume. Mm-hmm. But I don't know yeah. what it is. But I know mm. it can't possibly, it, I, I can't like imagine what it is basically and I need to just watch it. <laughs> like I, I think that you really like from it From the honestly. stills like, I've seen and stuff, I'm like, I don't know what this is about. No yeah. idea. <laughs> it's a gorgeous movie and it's really just kind of, you know, it's about two people that find themselves uh, out, of, out of place and alone in a crowd and find each other and yada yada. Okay. And I think the first time that I watched it, I was thinking like, it's Bill Murray in Japan. It's going to be super silly. And I watched it and I was like, not that kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. And so the first time I saw it, I was kind of like pissed off a little bit. I was like, I didn't, I didn't pee my pants once. <laughs> if I pay good money for a comedy film, I want to pee in my pants. And this didn't happen even once. Yeah. But this time, uh-huh. I outsmarted it. I had already you peed, peed my pants, pants before the movie started. There you go. You Problem got it. solved. <laughs> yeah. So I had that expectation already taken care of. So I was able just to enjoy the movie in my soggy britches. <laughs> and uh, I got to say, it was actually really, really good. I like the movie awesome. a whole hell of a bunch. And I think that you really, really would yeah, too, I need Yeah, I need to watch it for sure. I need to check. I think you ought to get around to I it. I ought to get around to it. You know, you were talking last week about how you'll get an idea of what a movie needs to be before you watch it, and then you'll be disappointed that it's not that movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm bad about that. I had a roommate back in the day who hated plantains because he got a plantain, peeled it, 
and bit into it like a banana and it didn't taste like a banana <laughs> and, and i i pointed out well it's not a banana it's, it's a different thing and he was like yeah, yeah i just don't like them <laughs> it's just like well, if you're eating them that way yeah, yeah. yeah if you do it like that of course you don't like them <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that is totally like a move that i would do for sure <laughs> That's funny, man. Did you guys get up to anything good on the old screaming chat yes, hang we on Discord did. this Friday? Oh my goodness, man. We watched Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town, and um, it's a trauma movie, and like most trauma movies, doesn't live up to what you would think it's, it's going to be. Because with that title, sure, sure. you're like, oh man, this is going to be rad. And it does have some good, like... You know, it's it's a it's a, a gang of, of of women as a motor motorcycle gang, and they call mm-hmm. themselves the the cycle sluts, and like they talk about you know taking the word slut back and stuff. And there's like some there's some cool sort of uh, female empowerment in the in the mid '80s type of thing going on, which is interesting. But it's it's also just the movie drags. You expect a movie called Chopper Chicks and Zombie Town to get to the the gore right sure yeah i would expect but it, it takes forever to the, the zombies are so slow and it's like i think it was like 13 minutes into the movie you see the zombies finally like together as a horde and then they're walking toward the town and it shows a sign that says five miles and it's like at this <laughs> rate gonna they're gonna get there like never and then the movie <laughs> kind of does that where it takes forever for them to get there but there is a baby tossing scene, like a baby hot potato, which is... I mean, that just sounds like fun. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town doesn't live up to the title, but we, we had a fun time anyway. It's always about the company you keep and just making memories on the old screaming chat every Friday night. That's right. So show on up. On Dead and Lovely Discord. We're always there. Right on, man. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve. I... I think that the fact that the the screaming chat has gotten to grow and these people in the in the Discord have gotten to know each other is one of the better things about this entire you know year of being shut in and stuff. So sure. I'd like to raise a toast yeah. to all the cool kids and crack me a gigantic co beer because I've got thirty two ounces of liquid beer sitting right next yeah, to me here. Yeah, you got Steve. a king cobra. I got a big old king cobra. Now, what I've got right here is a big old 32-ounce to-go can of D-White IPA from Orange Hat Brewing Company in Knoxville, Tennessee, Ooh. which is a brewery that I hadn't had anything from until I got these these to-go co-beers. I'm here to tell you, Steve, they're good at making co-beer oh, yeah? over there. For okay. real. But everything that I've had from there has been a delight, from the IPAs to the stouts and everything like that. So next time you're in Knoxville, stop by... Orange Hat Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Let's get a sip of this thing and see what it do. What are you sipping on today, Steve? Uh, sipping on a protein shake made with 16 ounces of uh, coffee, 8 ounces of Fairlife milk, and uh, a scoop of protein powder. Oh, shit. That's going to get you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be wrecked by the end of this. Dude. Or yoked, am I right, bro? <laughs> Are you going to do like a power workout after this, man? You going to do some lifting, bro? Uh, well, I don't have any weights, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be pushing my body around, doing Ooh. some of them body weight workouts. Very nice, man. Very nice. Well, I hope that you have a good time with that, and that your energy shake powers you through it like a man. Do you ever think like because when I'm doing push-ups or something, you ever think about like how basic the 
the move you're doing is like right you're like i'm i need to get up off the ground this is an exercise. Yeah, essentially, that's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Squats are like, I was kneeling, then I stood up. Yep. <laughs> mm. And then I kneeled again. Then, well, you know what I did? I stood. Well, not kneeling. What are you doing? Squatting. Do not yeah. kneel in your squats. That's a bad, that's a bad call. That's a bad move. Yeah. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's all pretty basic stuff when you get down to it, isn't it? It is. It is. It's really basic. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, Steve, I'll tell you what. The subject of our show today... It's Tales from the Hood Part 2. We mm-hmm. did Tales from the Hood Part 1, I believe, yeah, a couple it, years one ago. year ago. Oh, was right? it a year ago? Okay. I think it might have been. Maybe two years maybe ago. Two I years. don't know. But we've done done it. We done did it. Don't you tell us we haven't done it. We <laughs> have done it. Go back and listen to that one. They have. You need proof. So there. And its sequel, which is the subject of today's show, came out a real long time after. That is a that lot is of true. time in between those sequels. Yeah, and, 95 uh, to... 2018 so 23 years dang that right there is a long time Mm -hmm. that's about as much time as tool takes in between albums Uh, am i right am i right (laughs) (laughs) they take their sweet time with it and sometimes whenever things take a lot of time in between the initial installment and the sequel man sometimes it works out great sometimes it doesn't work out great. You remember that whole new Coke fiasco? I do remember the new Coke. I remember the Crystal Pepsi. I remember Ooh. all them fiascos. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And don't even get me started on what's going to happen whenever old Jimmy James Cameron releases those next Avatar movies. <laughs> Holy shit. Who cares? You got like 20 coming, right? Yeah. And it's already been like 15 years since the first fucking one came out. I don't even remember anybody's name from that damn thing. You know what, though? People were so obsessed with that movie. Do you remember how obsessed people were with that movie? And I saw parts of that movie and I was like, this is trash. What is this Mm -hmm. movie that people are liking? It looks like shit. It looks like a bad video game. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. You know, I think that's going to be one of those cases where the sequel does not live up to the hype. Probably. But every now and then, you get a sequel that takes place, you know, that's made way after the original, and it just turns out great. And you know what, Steve? I say before we get to the movie review, let's recount some of those times and enter into the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace, long-awaited sequel edition. Ooh, long-awaited sequels. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very That's good, right. man. Now, you know, of course, we're a movie podcast. What comes to mind whenever you're thinking about, like, movies whose sequels were made way after the original? Let's give these busters a top ten of these things. Sure. I mean, the the number one that springs to mind, and there have been a number in the past five years or so, but uh, number one with a bullet is Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, without a doubt, yeah. without a fucking doubt, that is the number one. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, a sequel that's coming almost 20 years later and just blowing the originals out of the water, I think. now, And yeah, I am a I huge fan of the original, but oh, yeah. I think Mad Max Fury Road is everything that they always wanted the movies to be. And yeah. it's just perfect. And it's crazy, too, to think that um, George Miller had to become, like, damn, 150 years old to make that movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> holy shit, man. He had to make Babe and Babe Pig in the City to finally get to Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. That's right, man. It took him a little while. He had to ponder on it some, but I'm going to say that was a worthwhile sequel, even though it was so far removed from the original. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know. 
that's uh, that's becoming kind of common now with some movies. I mean, we've had a few in the in the past few years. I'll just say Blade Runner twenty forty nine, a movie I haven't seen, but I know you love. Yes, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is fucking awesome, and that's one of those ones I was extremely skeptical about because I mean the original is just one of the most fucking incredible flicks ever you know a yeah. science fiction masterpiece from Absolutely. the mind of Ridley Scott uh-huh. all the stuff and so like. yeah exactly so going into this one this far removed from the original I was like there's no way it's gonna be even halfway worth a shit and man it's it's fucking cool I really think you would you would enjoy it I, I hope you get to watch it sometime soon yeah yeah I'm, I'm there's no reason why you know I don't know what it is. The more hype I build a movie up in my head, the longer it takes me to finally get to the movie because it becomes like a a chore. It's like, a oh, gosh, am I going to be able to enjoy this movie? I hope so. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get that, man. But yeah, do check it out. I think that you will enjoy it very, very much. Steve, I got to tell you what. There's a sequel Mm -hmm. that comes to mind for me that was created far after the original, which was... In its time, a masterpiece. All right. But the sequel, I think, way outstripped the original, because I'm here to tell you what, Steve. Can't wait to hear this. Up until 1982. Right. I mean, you know, that's a little while back. That's a little older than me. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, still pretty recent. Up until 1982, from the dawn of time, if you wanted to eat ice cream, you Uh had two options. If you were on the go and wanting to eat ice cream... You could either walk around with a handful of ice cream, okay, just in your hand, or you could stick it in a plain-ass cone. Okay. What do they call that, a cake cone? Who gives a shit? Okay. It's like eating styrofoam. Get it out of here, you say. Get out of here. Until in 1982, we get the sequel to the cone, the waffle cone, Steve, <laughs> which debuted... <laughs> World's Fair. This is the sequel to the Right here in Knoxville, cone. Tennessee. It's the sequel to the cone, and it absolutely lived up to the hype. How long had we had the cone, Steve, before we got the waffle cone? I, it uh, looks a, like... An, an axe age, a sword age. <laughs> the sword age, you say? <laughs> I say. <laughs> All the way back to the sword age, we invented mm-hmm, that's from right. cake cones. And, yeah, to the sequel. Wow. I Talk about what, a sequel that I lives up to the hype. kept the, the, the creator so long. Like, why why was the creator of the, the cake cup not like, I want to I wanna see what what else is in this world. Maybe mm. maybe a pancake. Hmm? Mm? I'll tell you why, Steve, because he was a cocky son of a bitch. He looked at his invention, <laughs> and that motherfucker said, said, can't get better. Can't Nailed it. Get First time, I got it. Yeah, there is no use for innovation in the world of Cone. This is it. We hit the pinnacle. <laughs> okay. Until Mr. Waffle Cone a, a came along, long showed single. him up. Fan, fans of the original Cone were just like, man, when is when is new Cone coming out? Yeah, exactly right. They got it. They were blown away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about, what about in the same same vein as that? Of course, we have uh, the Halloween from 2018, which oh, is yeah, totally the same. T- technically, <laughs> a sequel to the first movie, not a sequel to the other movie. So, uh, we're talking about a 40 year span between wow. the sequel. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say. That that is finally a sequel that made up for all the garbage yeah. that happened in between Halloween 1. Let's not count Halloween 3 because it's awesome and has nothing to yeah. do with it. 
But all the, all and that then all other the nonsense. horse shit movies. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Dude. but there are people who love those movies, so definitely see why they don't like the sequel. But uh, I loved it. I, I loved the way that they just gave us a sequel to Carpenter's movie, and you know, some nods to the other things without bringing in the cult of Thorn and all that. Oh yeah. I wonder yeah. if they're going they to. What if they job, did? Yeah. <laughs> what if the next movie Paul Rudd shows up? Oh my god. Please no. Resurrects. <laughs> Please no, dude. I really hope that the sequels to this follow up, man. Like people are just talking about that on the Facebook group and stuff today yeah. about the the planned sequels and everything. And mm. god, I hope they go well because dude, like like we talked about on our Halloween 2 episode, like it is just such a let down after you watch the glory yeah. of the original. It Halloween is. 2 is not really that good, y'all. So yeah. to it's finally get a kills, good follow up. But that's yeah, it. Yeah, it does. But to finally get that good follow-up was just so satisfying where it's like, oh my God, finally they continued the story that they started in the first one without yeah. adding a bunch of a bunch of fucking nonsense yeah. to it, you know? Yeah. And they even dismissed that concept that uh they were related just yeah. outright. Yeah. I, I liked that. That was good. Yeah, I totally, totally agree with that, man. And I'm gonna tell you what, the next sequel that I'm coming up with off the top of my head right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hot take because okay. I know there's a lot of people that aren't a fan of this, but let's hear it. I'm here to tell you about a sequel to the B I B L E. It's called the book <laughs> of Mormon. Now, Steve, I myself am not a Mormon as you know, right? Yeah. But when I met you, you were, uh-huh. and I'm just saying without the sequel to the Bible, uh-huh. which that was, that's a long time span in between that's those two true. books. It's been a while. They, they was... Without that sequel, man, who knows? We might not be doing this here podcast. We that's might not be friends. That's absolutely true. I don't even know. Uh, I don't know where I would be without that sequel. So, you know, thanks. Thanks, Book Book of Mormon. There's some stuff in there that's not aging very well. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, honestly... There's n- the Book of Mormon has uh, basically all the same shit as the Bible. It's uh, the stuff Joseph Smith himself said, uh, and the stuff in Doctrine and Covenants that is way more easy to uh, pick apart because it's not just reiterations of shit that's already in the Bible. It's stuff like, oh, yeah, yeah Emma Smith, if you don't let Joseph Smith marry that 14-year-old girl, you're going to hell. Ew. God told me. God told me that. And that, you know, that is canonized in, in Mormon scripture. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, it could use some revision. Okay, so it's it's a good sequel, but it could use revision. Well, again, that's it. not the Book of Mormon. That's the Doctrine and Covenants. Listen, I don't need to defend Mormonism. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> the, the people who think the Book of Mormon is full of wild shit. It's not. It's really just as boring as the fucking Bible. It's just like, oh, also, by the way, Jesus came to the Americas and said the same Bible shit that he said over in Jerusalem. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that makes more sense to me than Jesus only talked to a few people in the Middle East and then was like, I'm out of y'all tell everybody else. Peace out. Like he wouldn't do a world tour, a big exactly. old press tour at the end of that run? Come sure. on. But uh, it's all bullshit. So... <laughs> the Book of Mormon doesn't need to be defended any more than any other bullshit. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, what what do you think about a sequel that some people might even see as a remake that has nothing to do with the original? Okay. Let's hear it. What you know about 
the evil dad Ooh, that came out yeah. a couple two three years ago couple what two do you or know three. about that um i know that it is a solid sequel and that it come it came well after army of darkness uh it seems almost like maybe it's uh i mean we're 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 it's in the same universe because we see Ash at the end, but mm -hmm. and the classic. It's also way like different tonally, uh, and I wonder if it's like an. I, I don't know where they're going with it. I know that they have talked about you know furthering it, uh, but I wonder if it is meant to be a sequel to the original three, or if it's a more of a sequel to the original. Because the original, right. while it does get really like kind of silly near the end is mostly going for serious. Yeah, serious affair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if it's most supposed to be a sequel to the original, which would mean it's even f a further distance from from its uh last installment or still. I mean, Army of Darkness was 88 and that was 2013, so that's 25 Damn. years. Yeah, long time. That's Been a long, long time. Long yeah. time. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and that's a that's a very solid movie. I think so, too. And it seems like a lot of the fans enjoy that one as well. Of course, like you said, it's very different tonally. But if you want to hear all our thoughts about it, Go you can back, check out our check episode that, that we did. And you can hear Zach Householder talk about Evil Dead as well. That's right. Old Zach from Whitechapel. Good old friend of mine. He's on that episode. And it is what we call a good time. It we in the business, time. we call it a good time. That's right. That's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, Steve. I always have a good time every time I take my big old rock guitar and i plug it into the sequel to eddie van halen's original pv5150 amp that came out in the early 90s you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about the evh uh, 5150 right three now here's the deal steve okay the 5150 was made by pv designed by amp maker uh -huh. james brown Duh. not that james brown a different james right. brown uh-huh and it's one of the most legendary amps ever, built like a tank, super cheap. You can find them everywhere, and they sound fucking great. They made the 5152, big old disappointment. You don't want that one. And then it would be years and years, decades, one might even say, which are a lump of years. Yeah. Until they designed the 5153 under Eddie's own EVH brand. And I'm here to tell you, Steve, How is that it? is a sequel that more then lives up to the hype. It mm, has everything okay. the original did, all the gain on tap, the flexible EQ, the bulletproof durability, D and it adds on a pristine, clean channel, three channels with independent EQ, oh, is and right? more gain than you can shake wow. a stick at. I mean, come on. Talk about a sequel. So it's got all the notes in it, or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's got oh, okay, all good. of them Ooh. in there. Mm -hmm. That's right. A through so, G sharp. All right. We've it uh, does exhausted both styles. my music knowledge. Country. Notes. And Western. does both <laughs> styles. Equally well. I can't wait for the 5150 prequel, though. Oh, yeah? Now, that's going to be something. Yeah. <laughs> Where we find out that Eddie Van Halen's dad was Darth Vader? Or... I don't yeah, know. that's the one. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's actually a clarinet amp. It's a clarinet amp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's and it's prequel. got Squidward on the side. Sure. Why yeah. not? Let's go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs> so, Talk about a sequel that lives up, Steve. Definitely. That that is one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I um Huh. 
Uh, what are some other sequels we got, Ben, aside from, from Amps? I think we got, uh, you know, there's been the Bill and Ted 3 that came out mm-hmm, recently. That's right. That's right. I, I have not seen, seen it. it but I, I'll tell you which one we it. have seen, Steve, that's right here in our wheelhouse. What's that? How do you make a sequel to what many, including me, sitting in this chair on my own man-ass, consider to be the greatest horror film of all time, The Shining by Stan Kubrick? How do you one, make a sequel Stan to that? Kubrick. Are you going to do it? The original came out so long ago. Is it even worth making a sequel out of? I don't know. Maybe we do Dr. Sleep, and it's fucking great. Oh, yeah, that one. That's for sure um, a solid sequel that came, what do we see, 78 to, was that 2019 that Dr. Sleep came out? So I think so, yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about uh, 41 years there. Damn. Low, oh, wait, no, 80, time. sorry. Uh, yes, Shining yeah, came out in 80, so right. 29 mm-hmm. years. That's um, Why didn't they wait one year, you wonder? <laughs> Yeah, just go even just go 30. For the just even go 30. Even 30. I, I mean, yeah. it's a good thing they didn't. It wouldn't have worked out for them. Do you think they knew? They didn't. Does Mike Flanagan, did Mike Flanagan make COVID? He knew something. You can tell he Damn knew it. something the entire Damn time. Damn it, Mike Flanagan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, he knew. He mm-hmm. was like, I'll make COVID, and it'll be a brunette. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> and that's kind of what he's into. All right, you know? yeah. <laughs> you can't blame him. The heart wants what it wants. The you can't blame him. That's true. You cannot blame him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that that was a sequel that, you know, obviously it's impossible to live up to the glory right, of yeah. The Shining, in my opinion. No, I, I'm with you. It's good. It's good. good it man. is good. I did like it, and, and we should cover it on the show. I'd like to talk about How that about Rose that? the Hat lady a, a good oh, bit more. Oh, man. Um, mm, Want to get to know you. Yeah, but uh, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think it lives up to The Shining, but it is a solid movie and still... And good. And even McGregor is really good in it, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, the oh, lady yeah, who played Rose the Hat. Can't remember her name, mm-hmm. but she's awesome. And some very, man, just shocking, brutal parts yeah, in that flick, for too. sure. For sure. There yeah. was, there I was feel some like good that's, stuff. A, that's kind of an impossible sequel to make, but I feel like it was different enough that yep. it sort of set apart, uh, set itself apart and didn't just try to be The Shining Part 2. It was its own movie. Yeah. And I enjoy that about it steve i'm gonna drop two bombs on you that i i didn't even think of because really when i think about long-awaited sequels it's really been the past few years that we've been seeing a lot of this sure we get the dark crystal series and stuff we yeah not watch yeah all just kinds so of stuff. much like nostalgia and repetition of stuff from 30 years ago that is common we run in 30-year cycles in entertainment it's ridiculous but the the 80s had a couple of these. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which came 12 years after the original. Oh, damn, yeah. And Holy Psycho moly. 2, which came 20-something years after the original. I, I never did see Psycho 2. You need to see Psycho 2. When you watch TCM 2, that Tobe Hooper yeah. spent about 12 years just doing cocaine <laughs> all the damn time. Old Tobe Hooper. Yeah, Tobe Hooper. Tobe Hooper. Yeah, that's a wild movie. We did a review on that yeah, one a TCM while back, Yeah, TCM 2 is, is insane. Hmm. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Psycho 2, very solid, I think. And we'll have to cover it sometime. Because after, after we did Psycho... I mean, when we did Psycho, I talked about it. Uh, but it, it is kind of stuck in my mind as, as just a really solid sequel to a movie that you wouldn't expect 20-something years later to get a solid sequel. 
in the 80s that's right during just like mm-hmm. sequel mania where it was like oh just put anything out people will watch it yeah that's right man well i need to check that one out sometime because i've heard some good things yeah about it but you know what here's the thing about this list and and really honestly any of these sequels to much beloved properties i know there's a lot of people out there that are going to get up in arms for these hot takes we've been having yeah probably especially about the waffle cone oh yeah you know those those Kate Cone people, they're going to be like, fuck you. Yeah, but you know those people, they're just on the payroll salary of big Kate Cone, obviously. (laughs) Which is one of the most powerful lobbies in all of the world, I believe. Oh, they're diabolical. Diabolical. Mm -hmm. Look up Costa Rica Kate Cone and you get back to me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wonder if what if if that is something. (laughs) Yeah, it might be. It might be. Who knows? Who knows? It's probably pornography, it honestly. Pro- yeah, yeah. That's probably mm. a dirty sex move. Definitely, definitely going to be something you <laughs> you either do want to see or don't want to see in front of people. So, like, watch it privately. Let us know. Let us know. That though. way <laughs> we'll know, yeah, when and where and if we should watch it and find out. And then try it on each other next time we see each other, obviously. Absolutely. But, you know, there's one sequel that I think we can all agree on that's just going to unite all of us, Steve. It's hard to find things that can bring us together, especially as a nation. But there's one sequel that came way after the original that I think we can all get down on, Steve. Okay. Now, there's a place out there what's a fast food restaurant (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Where the burgers are square. Uh Uh-huh. I've heard of these. But Dave Thomas Uh is not. He's a good man and an orphan. He was a good person. He did a lot of good in this world. He made his burger square. He made his fries. Uh, Anyway, but back in the day. (laughs) Okay. All right. I will debate you. The old Wendy's fries were great. Really? Yes. You don't like a thick fry? No. I know some people don't like thick fries. I don't. No. But that that is not an objective because for sure, Wendy's had the most amazing, crisp, thick fries back They're in the just day. Starch. It's just like eating starch. Yeah, yeah. I think you hate potatoes. You're I'm starting wrong. to don't, gather. Don't the- even tell me how I feel about potatoes. I don't think you like potatoes. You don't know me. <laughs> you but can't t- judge me. This, I, I'm taking this as a direct attack on the Irish. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. You can't be dragging me into that. You did. You made the famine. That was you. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't prove a thing. Google it. <laughs> no, nah, but at this place, at Dave Thomas's Wendy's, uh-huh. up until the fairly recent past, yeah. you'd go there and you'd get a chicken sandwich, yeah. and you would get a fairly unseasoned, Whoa. pretty dry piece this? of chicken on a bun with get some the fuck fixings out of and here. stuff. And you know what you thought to yourself? You thought to yourself, is this all there is? <laughs> is this all there is for me in this world? <laughs> this on a bun, you'd say? You would say that. Mm-hmm, that's right. That is until the long-awaited sequel, the <laughs> The windy spicy chicken sandwich came along and chicken blew the original two, out of the spicy water. edition. Dude, there's no contest. There no, is absolutely. no contest. There is no contest. You're you're correct. And 
Wendy's does hold the distinction of being the first major fast food chain with a spicy chicken sandwich. Which, wow, really? Yes, which is insane to me that other fast food restaurants didn't think like, you know what would make this chicken sandwich good? Seasoning. Spice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interest. Even Chick-fil-A caught up and started doing it. I mean, mm, I mean, did they? Oh, did they? You it's a little that? spicy. No, no, Chick-fil-A is not. Chick- Listen, Southerners, I have to say this. Chick-fil-A is Uh-oh. not as good as y'all keep claiming. I mean, one, yeah, they, they were supporting anti-gay uh, um, charities or whatever. But not th- good. look up every fast food restaurant. They all suck. They all support charities that are terrible and lead to people's lives being ruined. Um, and but, the food kills you long term. Well, yeah, but I mean, whatever. That's, <laughs> who gives a shit? That, that's great. That's the good part. Um, Gotta die something. Hell. But but Chick-fil-A, okay, look, it's pickle brined. Sure. That's not special, though. So many other places do the same thing. That's technology, Steve. That's high yeah. tech. And then, like, I, I get it. That Chick-fil-A sauce is so amazing. It's just mustard and barbecue sauce put together. Okay? It's just honey mm. mustard and barbecue sauce. You make it at home. You can do it yourself. You can make your own Chick-fil-A at home. It's easy. Cut up some... You have the technology. Cut up some chicken. Pickle brine it. You don't have to go give Chick-fil-A any of your fucking money. I like that. <laughs> but Chick-fil-A's spicy chicken is an insult to the word spicy. Wow, holy shit, man. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's not spicy. It's so I'm just going to say, you know, I just I just want to go ahead and clear my name here. The opinions of Hollywood <laughs> Steve do not necessarily represent those of Uncle Ben. I'm just saying. I'm just I'm standing back. All I'm not right. I'm not throwing you under the bus, but I am standing back, okay? Yeah. I mean, hey, man, y'all jump on me if you want, but Popeyes is better. Zaxby's is better. Mm. Uh, and mm. by the Wendy's, by the way, the the sequel to the chicken sandwich, the spicy chicken, the Wendy's spicy <laughs> chicken is way better than Chick Fil A. Just go it's to definitely Wendy's. spicier. There, and the money will no go doubt. to orphanages, and it'll be better. And also, too, whenever you get it from the Wendy's, you get lettuce and tomato and stuff on there. That's cool. Yeah, I don't get some understand. garden on that thing. Like you, you need you need mayo and you need pickles. That's the thing that, like, you get the... Okay, sure you do. Sure. You get the pickles at Chick-fil-A. You hate pickles, I know. (laughs) (laughs) You get the pickles at Chick-fil-A, you get the mayo at Wendy's. Why the fuck did they not, like, at Wendy's go, also pickles? They don't have the technology. What? I mean, it's just so ridiculous. Just, if you, you know, add a pickle if you're at Wendy's. See what what that does to your sandwich. Because, man, I'm telling you. Fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. (laughs) (laughs) But that right there is a sequel that is far removed from the original. We were, that I think we can all agree. We can I all agree, right? What we were even doing. We just went yeah. off on a rant on <laughs> chicken <cares>. sandwiches. <laughs> we're making a podcast, Steve. Are all you right. pointing at the mic at least? <laughs> I am. I am talking into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to have microphones that have like, remember like on the old landmines and stuff, it would be like <laughs> point towards enemy yeah. or whatever. Yes. Mics that have like point towards face yes. on them. Yeah. Put towards podcaster face. I do kind of Ray Charles the mic when I get like super into stuff. I'll be like kind of weaving in my seat. And then mm-hmm, when I go mm-hmm. back to yeah. listen to it, it's like I can tell which side of the Where'd mic I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. Yeah, I, I hope to hear about your all's long, uh, long separated sequels that you hold to be 
up there with the originals over there on the Facebook group and stuff. Absolutely. I want to find out what you guys think about. You know, there's a lot of these that were up for consideration, but it's like, you know, mm-hmm. Terminator 2, it's not that far away from yeah. Terminator like 1. Six, stuff like six, that. six, seven years. Or, Something yeah. like that, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty far distance, but still not as long as some of these others. Right, right. Yeah, I was trying to think of some good like video game franchises and stuff that have you know long separated sequels, but I didn't have time for that. We came up with this shit really last minute. <laughs> yeah, y'all. we did, but we <laughs> not that you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but we did forget to mention one other one that comes straight out of K Town, Cherry Coke. <gasps> Cherry Coke, dude, are you kidding me? I used to have to go down to the malt shop in the 1950s. To get you a Cherry um, Coke. Exactly, yeah. yeah. On the way to the sock hop yeah. in my 57 Chevrolet with my duck-ass haircut. Uh-huh. And I'd have to ask the the soda jerk, hey, toss me a little bit of that maraschina juice in my Coca-Cola. <laughs> and he'd be so like, I could have sure. myself a Cherry Coke. Mm-hmm, I'm wearing right. a You could only get them fresh. I mean, you couldn't get one when you were on the go. You had to always find the local malt shop <laughs> and track down a good soda jerk and get him to take care of it until they started canning that shit. Yeah. They, and it's great. They introduced it in 1982 at the Knoxville World's Fair. Boom. Knoxville yeah. fucking represent. I think that's also where they introduced the Petro. Yeah, the Petro, the Waffle Cone, and the Cherry Coke all introduced. Knoxville World's You're Fair. You're welcome. Boom. We did it. Yeah. Hey, rest of the world, you're <laughs> fucking welcome. <laughs> Knoxville. Knoxville. The Dirty 865 fucking represents. That is us. But yeah, let us know about your sequels of choice over on the Facebook group over at... Uh, Facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. We got a good group kicking. Uh, if you hate Facebook, we're also on the Instagram and the Twitter at dead lovely pod. So you can find us anywhere. That's right. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll see you guys next time. I've been <laughs> that Uncle was ben. it. We just wanted to talk about Petro's chili and chips. <laughs> uh, kind of unfortunately, we're going to talk about Tales from the Hood Part 2 yeah. now. Which, okay, preface. Tales from the Hood Part 1. It's fucking great. We really, we really fucking loved. Like, I, uh, I had just watched that movie for the first time whenever we did the episode, and... Liked it so much that if I recall, the entire preview palace for that episode is like movies that far exceeded our expectations. Like, yep. Yeah. Because you you did not expect it to be that good. And I did not remember if it would. Like, I thought maybe I'd have some nostalgia for it, but it would look silly. But watching it, looking back on it, it's like, man, no, this is solid. This is a good uh, anthology movie. Each one of these uh, segments hits. Great. Love it. Yeah, definitely, man. And that came out... When did that come out? 95. 95, man. And it's like even watching it whenever we did just a year or two ago, it was like, man. Still relevant. It really sucks that this shit is still relevant. And it was such a, I think, nuanced movie. I remember one of the one of the topics that we talked about whenever we did that movie was that, you know, it's essentially two movies in one where if you watch it as a white person that isn't scared of the police and shit like this and, you know, doesn't live in the world that oppressed people of color live in. Yeah. You watch this movie and you're like, oh, zombies, that's scary, right? But if you watch it as a person of color, you're like, oh, no, the cops are the scary part. Yeah. Like, you get two different experiences watching this movie depending on who you are. Sure. And, um, again, like, I loved how subtle and nuanced that movie was in a lot of ways, and it had a lot of really fantastic performances in there. You had David Allen Greer in there and stuff. Uh-huh. A Corbin lot of really Burnson was shit. really good in it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was solid. Yeah, that's right. And so 
I kind of went into this with some expectations. I found out that it was by the same director and writers and stuff. Like it was like, oh man, cool! It's the same people, and they're making a Tales from the Hood two during the Trump era. Yeah, this, this should is be gonna be fucking crazy. Out of the park, right? Just fucking nail it. It really should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not. It is very not good. What it's got going on is I. I it's got a few moments that are worth really lauding. And then yeah. a whole lot of the movie telling us exactly what to think and feel about what's happening. Very low nuance, very low on subtlety, like just very... And, you know, again, it's like not that you even need to make stuff about systematic racism and stuff coded in some way to make it appealing to the masses or no. candy coded so people will enjoy it. Not that you need to do that, but this is just so, like low-hanging fruit in a lot of ways you know what i mean it's just like yeah really obvious stuff yeah and then also a segment that's i guess supposed to be funny and has like no real value to it like as having some sort of like racial meaning or like really attacking some injustice it's just about a medium and uh yeah it's like hey shitty psychics huh am i right like, yeah really yeah like, the first one <laughs> so man odd. like it it dealt with issues that were affecting so many people, like domestic violence, yeah. like um, uh, yeah, police abusing their authority. Exactly. Yeah, all that sort uh, of politicians. stuff. Politicians. Yeah, and then gang violence was it was like the last one, which had that sort of Jacob's Ladder thing going on, which was dope. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. That was really cool. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was, it was a very, very good anthology movie, the original. And this one is the wraparound story... Looks like it was shot on an iPhone. Yeah. Which is not I mean, not that stuff terrible. has to be expensive and high budget to be good. I mean, we've reviewed so many yes. cheap piece of shit movies on this show that turn out to be fantastic. But like... Absolutely. This really does look and feel like... I'm not going to say it looks and feels cheap. It looks like nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it's obvious that they have an airplane hanger they were using for the wraparound story. And they shot, they just set up a tent in the airplane hangar. I don't know why they decided to do this as a continuous shot of Keith David getting out of his car and like the lady meeting him and talking and then walking into this little tent inside of an airplane hangar. Yeah. What purpose does that serve? (laughs) It looks high school level production. Like it, like if you had just gotten a few different angles and shots, you could have cut together something that looked more professional. Yeah, I tend to agree, man. And, you know, again, like Keith David, he's obviously yeah. is a treasure. Like yeah, that he guy always brings it. Rules. No matter what level the, the movie, the TV show, he doesn't give a fuck. He gets his, he gets on set. He is Keith David. He nails it. And then he's gone. Oh, yeah. Dude, I could listen to that guy read, like, DOS programming manuals. Like, his voice is just fucking captivating, and he's better than this movie deserves, honestly. Like, I know that his performance is, like, really over the top and really intense, but... It's supposed to be. He's going for it. It's fine. Yeah, he's he's supposed to be, you know, the Clarence Williams, the third character, sort of. You know, he's our, the, the, the mortician in the first one. Uh, Clarence yeah, Williams the, the third keeper yeah, yeah he was asked to come back but he had retired from 
acting and just didn't want to really yeah so they they brought huh. brought in keith david very solid substitute and you know goes over the top in a way clarence williams uh, uh similar to clarence williams but also in a very keith david way so it's it's it works he works as that character but it's like what he's working against is it's just the, the fact that he's so good makes everything else look bad yeah yeah because <laughs> it's like well he's trying why aren't you <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is is like even the the entire like framing device where it's like he's been called in as some kind of consultant to tell stories to this ai that's going in this police robot that yeah. can learn from secondhand experience to see who is on the right side of the law and stuff right. like uh, that's a stretch, man. Like, I, I love how in the original, in part one, how the entire thing was, you know, you got this gang of dudes who's going into this funeral home looking for the shit. Yeah. The shit. The shit. And, you know, they, they pass by all these, like, bodies and coffins, and every story is like, oh, how did that guy die? Right. Here's and the it story. all it's makes like, sense. Yeah. It works. Yeah, it's, it's really neat. And in this, it's just like, hey, tell some stories to this... Yeah. Really garbage-looking robot. Right. And that's another thing kind of about the look and the feel of the, the framing device itself is, like, it doesn't feel like horror to me. Like, again, to go back to the original, it's like, yeah, creepy old guy leading these guys around a funeral home. There's corpses and coffins. Like, that reads like horror. Mm -hmm. This is, like, broad daylight, super well-lit High-tech facility depth of field. airplane hangar. <laughs> zero depth of field, yeah. Uh, like a, a ton of... Dolly shots for no reason. Keep that camera moving now. You don't want to leave it Keep the camera too moving long. so people don't be paying too much attention to what they're saying because it is not it's not good dialogue. It's bad. <laughs> well, I mean, but we're dealing with the the, the nuance and subtlety of characters like uh, what's his name? Dumbass Dumas. bitch. Yeah, dumbass bitch is essentially Dumas the guy's beach. name. Like, mm -hmm. And uh, uh, a guy named Grant Miaspine. Wait, I missed that. Really? Yeah, they don't say his last name, but it was in the credits. Grant oh. Mia Spine. He doesn't wow. have a spine, you see. He's spineless. Oh, I see. <laughs> Another spineless politician. Yeah. Okay, I get it. It's got some depth to it then, huh? <laughs> yeah. The framing device doesn't win me over. No. At, at all because it's essentially just people like standing around being like hey tell me another story here's a story huh tell me another story here's, here's a story, story like yeah. where's the momentum well and also you got the politician being like just this ov overtly racist character which is fine overt racists exist but i feel like in 2018 you know if, if you're trying to get a message out to people about racism the the message that the guy dressed like Colonel Sanders in the end is a racist is uh, preaching to the choir. Everybody knows this. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, you, you would hope you would address more subtle racism. You would hope you would address people who think that they're not racist simply because they're not the Colonel Sanders type or the, the dumbass bitch type. Like, yeah, you would hope that you would, sh and it does do some of that with some of the segments, but the wraparound that we're talking about right now really fails at that. And dude, just the fact that this, you know, was made literally in the middle of the of the Trump administration, like right, like there wasn't better stuff you could come up with than this, right? Yeah, there there seems like it's like so there's so much you could be 
writing about and like trying to expose and trying to find the nuances of and he doesn't do that but i do think that the first like the first uh segment the uh good golly I think oh, it's when good. you said first segment, I thought you meant that amazing intro that we were treated to in the movie, oh, which is kind of like an immediate like, okay, the give a fuck is low because this yeah. looks like a a fucking screensaver. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very good. Um, Put some damn sunglasses on those skeletons. Yep, that's it. Because remember, remember that from the first one. So that's that's what it is. It's just a reminder that in the first one there was a. Skeleton with sunglasses on at one point. That's it. Wow. There's no reason for it. It doesn't connect any of the story together. I I don't get it. But no. Good golly is solid, and I think if um, I I think that the budget is reflected a good bit here because it is a 3.2 million dollar budget to film what what is this five segments. Uh, yeah. If you count the framing device. Yeah. yeah. So that's. You got over 20 actors you're paying. Uh, and you you're got, getting a Keith David for that. I you're mean, getting Keith you know. David. You got two directors slash writers. Uh, you know, the, the budget, it's half, less than half of what the original was. And the original was made in 1995. So budgetary c- constraints are a real problem here. But we, as you said, we've done stuff with lower budgets where they've, uh, done a good job of storytelling done a good job of using the actors available and done a good job of, of making the most of each dollar and this doesn't seem to do that uh, yeah. but good golly is solid it, it would be like I think I think uh, Lou Beatty Jr. who plays Floyd the um, the curator of the museum I think like Everything he says, you, you could say like the stuff we were saying about how it's like so overt and is just text and there's not really much subtext. Everything he says, though, works because he's the curator of this museum. He is the museum is about uh, racism. It is about the entrenchment of this idea of blackness created by white people to hold black people down as as property to maintain the the uh you know what he says the uh brand uh but you know like without iron without actually branding black people by making them a brand by turning them into these dolls and these mammies and you know the aunt jemima because that lady, yeah, that, that lady, weird, right? they stole her likeness. They stole from yeah. her. And they're cool. using her as this mammy caricature. And it's yeah. not fucking cool. Uh-uh. No. So, uh-uh. like, this is kind of playing off some of that. I think it also maybe is a little bit influenced by, you know, the Justin Bieber and Frank House incident. And, and the, uh, the... Huh? I don't know nothing about that. Uh, well, Justin Bieber uh, went to the Anne Frank House and... Uh, in an interview he said he thought Anne Frank would be a believer and a bunch of adults were like oh that's so disrespectful and then the people at the Anne Frank house were like yeah probably she would be she was a teenage girl you guys are weirdos but uh, you know how adults are uh, we are them um, adult- <laughs> so boomers what? were like that Justin Bieber he disrespected Anne Frank by implying she was a teenage girl um, <laughs> impossible yeah uh, and also like the 
uh, large amount of selfies people started taking at tragedy sites like you know uh, Dachau and stuff like that right i think it has some of that and then also the uh the blackface uh shit that kept happening for years there where every celebrity was like yeah but it's cool if i do it right and no it's not dancing (laughs) you've seen that shit right of course i've seen that shit he was dating Whoopi goldberg at the time it is that's correct it is edgy at the very least but definitely racist but that's the thing is like that even kind of plays into this where it's like even you know the two like kind of basic bitches that go to this uh this museum are like oh racism's over we're friends yeah like it's a- like oh I'm dating a black person it's fine like it kind of plays into some of that which is good to see that being touched on because that's just fucked up <laughs> by the way I I really love <laughs> and I think this this works for a very specific situation I love where the the white girl says this country used to be messed up and then uh yeah and then what's his name the the floyd he says better now is it uh and i just want to remind anyone who's like <laughs> thinking this country's so much better in the past month is it well is it got them kids in cages down there still as There's far as still i know kids in them cages you gotta check yet i mean this won't come out until next week hopefully you do i bet you don't hopefully you do i bet you don't i i I will maintain it is nice waking up knowing that the leader of the country is not admired by the kkk that's a good change he was admired by the kkk in the past i don't know what changed oh fuck damn it (laughs) well less now so that you know i'll I'll call it i'll call it a little bit of a good change but as far as like everyday life changing yeah not not really no not really (laughs) yeah i mean that's exactly like like um it, it it's about complacency like the whole the whole segment is about um you know the the idea that things are better things have changed everything is is different because uh you know white women date black men now like that that's enough or you know a, a white woman and a black woman are friends uh, yeah like it, it really is, though, the, the central theme of it is about the fetishization of blackness. Yeah, absolutely so. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the, it is the most solid bit. And I, and I really think, I think like, so. if, if you took this and put it into another anthology, it would be like, oh, I liked that one. Good golly. That was cool. Uh, because it, it, it does exactly what you expect a, a low-budget anthology segment to do. It uses its budget effectively. There's only four actors. The uh, golly doll doesn't look like it costs too much to make. I imagine it's you know it's uh, it's big, but probably just a bunch of, of felt. <laughs> and, sure, yeah, it mean, looks like it. Not nothing, nothing amazing, and, and like you know the the message gets across pretty clearly. The one quibble I do have, one major quibble, other than some other problems with it. The one major quibble I do have is that at the end, Floyd just explains what just happened. Like, when she's giving birth (laughs) to all the little gollies, he just says outright, what is it? Um, Fucking white women and making babies. But how dare they call you a stereotype? You're just the creation they designed you to be. And it's like, yep, that's the moral (laughs) of this entire thing. We didn't need you to say it out loud. It would have been better if we came to it ourselves, but whatever 
right? It seems like it was very influenced by like the end of Psycho, where it's like, let's have this psychiatrist explain what just happened. Exactly. Here's the play-by-play. Yeah. It's like, it would have been better if she just died giving birth to the gollies, and we, you know, maybe he does this crazy laugh that he did at the end, and and that's it. Uh, I mean, it is, I guess, honestly... I do know that when I was watching this the first time, one, I was drunk. I, I do remember reporting back on this movie and saying I liked it. And rarely is it true that I watch a movie when I'm drunk and then come out saying I like it. Uh, but mm-hmm. what happened with this is the part where he's whipping that guy's guts out, where Golly is whipping that dude until his guts oh, come yeah. out. There's like meat flying off of the guy and the stuff. Best. I think it had me convinced the movie was great, and then I got so blackout drunk I didn't see the rest of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I will say this: like that that area right there does look really good. I think the gore and stuff mm-hmm. is great. It's cool. And even though like. I don't know. I'll tell you my complaints about the doll. Because, like, whenever Golly comes to life and he's, like, life-size and huge and stuff, um, it does, as you say, look like it's just made of felt and stuff. But it's like, well, also, if you just turn that little doll into a yeah. life-size thing, that's they, what it, it would. would. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's a positive. The fact that it doesn't look too good is actually good. And the fact that it's not CG either. It's yes. like they could have just done that as a big old dumb CG oh, creature, that and that would have been, yeah, fucking terrible, obviously. Um, so, you know, it's like, it's good and bad that it looks the way that it does. I think they probably could have lit it better and shot it better. Like a lot of it just seems like it is like, okay, all the lights are on in the room and this is what it looks like. It's like not very flattering. I really just think the camera budget, and I mean, this is executive produced by Spike Lee, but I really just think the camera budget wasn't there because they're, they're obviously using some, some low quality digital and they didn't have like, they didn't have the budget to light it the way it needed to be yeah it kind of looks that way to me man and, and then also too you do have the fact that i think one of the most memorable segments in the original tales of the hood is the evil oh, doll yeah. segment yeah. it's like oh and evil doll again back. yeah also let's really blatantly show like hey remember that one from the first one like i actually didn't mind uh, that because that's such a small easter egg you know it's not like they did a sequel to one of the segments or anything i i kind of was fine with that because it, it actually, it connected to Tales from the Hood in a way, like, because as I said, I think the the opening, like, credit bit was trying to connect to Tales from the Hood with this real, like, thing that you wouldn't really fully connect. Just because there was a skull with glasses on the cover or whatever is not, like, all you think about when you think of Tales from the Hood, but... Th- connecting with that that weird little doll, I was cool with, because it, it, it um... It lets you know immediately, like, okay, something's up with the dolls. Though you already assume that. They're not going to show you dolls in a horror short without it getting weird. Yeah, coming to life eventually, sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I do like the fact that this segment took on something that I've always found, like, even as, like, a little kid that didn't know no better, um, always found very, very strange, which is the way that the, the, the sins of our past as a nation are marketed to and profited on yeah. by white people like yeah. okay and and again this is just me speaking as somebody that grew up in the in the mid 80s in the south and east tennessee i don't know how things are everywhere for all of you guys that are listening hopefully they have changed yeah but man dude like i mean you know i think we all have some fucking racist ass family members around here and stuff. yes definitely and 
I think we also all have some family members whose houses, at least back then, were full of, and again, I, I even shudder to even say the word, but this is just what they're known as, mammies. Like, the way that old white women collect mammies, meaning statues and figures and portraits and stuff of old black servant women. Yeah. Uh, it, I, I have always found very fucking strange. Yeah, it's really like, odd. I feel like everybody has an aunt or a Mima or somebody that collects that stuff. And it's like, the fuck? Why? Even as a little kid, <laughs> I was like, weird. It's this is fucking strange. weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why is this a marketable property? I've always thought it was bizarre. So I like that this kind of takes that on as well as just, you know, what, what I would call just sort of race tourism. Um, for example, like plantation tours and stuff yeah. like that that we do here in the South. Like, Dude, this is one of those things that I've I've always found very strange. And even a couple of years ago, I think I probably even talked about it on the show a couple of years ago. Uh, on the way back from like a family vacation, we went to a, I believe it was in Charleston. It mm. was some like historic home tour that turned out to be a plantation. And it's it like Charleston. fucking, yeah, exactly. And fucking white people pay to have their weddings at this plantation and stuff. And... I just think that's weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, Charleston also has the the slave auction area where they sell tourist shit now, which yeah. is real oh, disgusting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's, I do it's love odd. that city, but it's full of racist shit. Yeah, there's some things that they should probably just kind of let go of um, or, or try to acknowledge and build upon. Yeah. I mean, it is where the Civil War starts, so started so it's probably not gonna happen <laughs> yeah oh p.s speaking of civil war on um last week's episode when we were talking about like field trips and stuff i talked about that gettysburg museum in yeah, kentucky uh-huh. what the fuck am i talking about it wasn't gettysburg kate pointed that out she's like gettysburg didn't happen in kentucky yeah anymore. i didn't even I was think like, about that yeah <laughs> it was just a civil war site it wasn't yeah. fucking gettysburg i'm, I'm just a moron some random civil war site okay yeah pretty much man but yeah like i said like i like that this sort of takes on that weird white person fetishization of the gone with the wind plantation mammy times like yep. i've always thought it was fucking weird even when i didn't know any better i mean uh what, what was that lady antebellum nonsense where they were like we didn't know what it meant what the fuck do you think it meant? really yeah seriously yeah what the fuck did you think it meant and I, they said something about architecture and that's the same nonsense people say about going to those plantations they want to appreciate the architecture let me tell you something about the architecture of a plantation it's a fucking house yeah it's not like there's not like some vaulted ceilings and shit it's not like all this magnificence and amazingness it's a fucking house you're there to revel in the days of slavery you're not there to admire the architecture lady antebellum and then they changed their name and stole Stole the oh name my of God. a black woman. Oh, you want to talk about artist. the ultimate, the ultimate fucking dumb ass oh move you God. could make in the age of Google, no less. Yeah, Come fuck. the fuck on! I, like, there's no way it wasn't intentional. There's no way they weren't being like, "Oh, you think our name's racist? Yeah, we didn't know that. Let's steal from a black woman." Oh, yeah, brutal, brutal. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. I, yeah, it's this shit is just rampant. It's it's so normalized that like that is what the, like that's why I think this is such an effective segment in comparison to the others cuz this one hits home 
it, it's like very now very current and really like encapsulates exactly what it's trying to say in a way where it makes sense yeah yeah like it's not just someone spouting exposition he's a curator of a museum this is stuff he probably says regularly to anybody who comes in the museum he plays it over in his head he has these answers on the tip of his tongue because this is his life's work sure yeah and that was one of my complaints while i was watching it i was like man this guy's dialogue is just really scripted ass dialogue yeah you're right i mean as a museum curator that that is what you do. You say yeah. the same lines to everybody that comes in, and you have them memorized like the back of your hand. Yeah. So, so that makes sense. It is kind of supposed to be that way. This one just really, it does really good. And and you're right. the The filming techniques are are not amazing. I think that's all budgetary. I think you know they probably just said like, let's not worry too much about like making it look gorgeous. Let's try to get messages across. But then like. You know, it it, it kind of gets muddled in the next one. Uh, or, I, I think I've said all, all I have to say about Golly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to that. Yeah, the segment. next one, the medium, immediately gets garbled, this message. <laughs> because Yeah, I couldn't quite really put my finger on what this one was trying to speak to or speak about. Like, I couldn't really put my finger on this because it kind of seemed all over the place to me. Yeah, it's... It is, um, so it starts with, uh, you know, some, some, uh, gangsters beating up, uh, a, a former pimp trying to get this money they know he has. And, um, but he's using it for his foundation to try to help the community create okay, jobs for right. the black community and stuff. Yeah. So everything that happens right before anything that you just said He's like, okay, I get this one's probably going to be funny. Um, And then he says all this stuff like, I have uh, seven grocery stores and uh, three so-and-sos and blah, 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 and et cetera. And I'm doing all this and I'm starting a scholarship fund and I'm opening magnet schools and stuff. It was like, this is over the top, like trying to establish that he's a great guy. And I guarantee it was probably written to be him saying it like, because he is a former pimp using his uh, slick talk to get out of this. But then the way it's presented Mm -hmm. is just as like, I am an upstanding moral person. Like, that's going to work? Like, why would that work? Like, if he's presenting it that way, like if it comes across as like he's trying to be convincing then it would be better. But the way it's presented is so like, it's just so almost like a setup for a joke. Like, it's almost like he's going this long way to then say something like funny, but it doesn't, there's nothing funny. Well, it does drop a pretty hot your mama joke. on. That one's great. That was great. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that like those bits were so good that if they cut out the part where it's like, and by the way, like this upstanding community bit, like, He's like all the other stuff is funny and it's like everything. It seems like the tone is supposed to be. This is all supposed to be funny. But then like it keeps dropping in these moments of seriousness that don't fit. Yeah. So tonally, it's just all over the place. It is. And the thing about it is, too, man, is like right there at the first where you've got these guys that are, you know, attacking this guy who seems in his own words to be trying to help the community out like. I was like, is this trying to kind of recapture the message of the final segment of the first Tales from the Hood where there was the 
there's the guy who was like in that jail cell that was next to like a white supremacist and he's like you're a gangbanger aren't you who are you killing other black people I like you you're doing my job like is it about you know uh, uh, communities hurting people that are just trying to to help them like is that what this is trying to say and then it goes to no they're trying to get this money and they need to summon his spirit from this fake white psychic guy like what yeah because okay. they, they killed him because he finally like he you know he did the yo mama joke which was often awesome and then like he you know calls this guy out for um uh, having a gay lover in prison and that guy kills him punches him to death so like yeah now they've got to find a medium to contact this guy's spirit to find out where he's hiding the money for his foundation yeah and by the way like why like they find out about his foundation as they're beating him up so they just kidnapped this man and started beating him up assuming he'll probably have some money I didn't think about that. Like the yeah, motivation that wasn't really makes part of no their plan. sense. <laughs> it's hmm. ridiculous. Yeah, that's a good point. And we're introduced to this like, yeah, fake TV psychic medium guy yep. who's just a total phony. Mm-hmm. And he's played by Brian that Bat. guy who you've seen play a million people in TV and movies. Sal from uh, Mad Men, for any of those Mad Men heads out there. Uh, I know y'all are listening. Yep, he was also in 12 Years of Life. He's in a ton of stuff. Like he's just in yeah, he's Actually, in a that's true of, of uh, m- most of the actors in this is that they have mm-hmm. a lot of, like, TV credits and stuff. Dude, Keith David has, like, 300-something acting credits. Absolutely, yeah. They they went for solid people, which is why I think they most of these are first take takes. Like, It feels like it. It does. It feels like the if the actors had had a little bit more time with it, I bet stuff would have come off better. I think the guys who were beating up um, the pimp guy who is, uh, what's his name? Crap. Was he Cliff? I can't remember, honestly. Yeah, yeah, he was Cliff. So the guys that are beating up Cliff, they're funny and they got good patter. And then the other yeah. guy comes in and he's like trying to be menacing. And he's and, real stale, man. And he's kind of stale, yeah. And it's it's like not hitting because I think like he's he's being legit trying to be menacing and like I think maybe he's supposed to be funny menacing, but he's not doing that. Mm-mm. He's just being menacing, no. menacing. And it's like, well, that's not working with the tone that was established just seconds ago. I mean you started out with jokes and then it, it ends with tons of jokes but th- yeah, there's does. just like this lull in the middle where they try to get overly serious and overly like like try to throw a message into a, a, seg- a segment that doesn't need it like they don't need yeah. him this character to be talking about his foundation and shit they just know he's got money because he's rich the end and you're right, it does definitely hit kind of a lull there where it's just like, okay, we have all this action and set up and this guy getting beat down, they're looking for his money, and then it's like, and now spend some time with this fake TV psychic guy and all these white people. And, like, I couldn't get the read if, like, at the end of the day, if this is trying to send some sort of message about, um, you know, maybe people of color looking for a white savior to solve their problems. Right. I mean, that could have been a message in here, but I don't feel like that was that wasn't developed. Yeah, what they were like, going like for. oh, the the white savior you're looking for is full of shit. Like he's not right. going to help anything. He doesn't know what he's doing because at the end, it does seem like he does get possessed by the spirit, and I just didn't really know what the message was. Yeah, I don't know because like, what the fuck was even going on there? Because it seemed like he's a complete phony, but then yeah. it turns out he does have actual powers. 
But, because why? Because, yeah, I mean, it's like it shows him like cheating and listening in with those mics that are placed in the audience to find out details about this woman and her dead husband and shit. But then uh, I don't have powers except that I do. Right. Okay. And then at the end, after he, he's uh, killed all of the gangster guys, a really cool kills, by the way. That was fun. It does have some good kills, I'll say. Though <laughs> it does have the line... People who eat glass in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. What the fuck? What? what does that mean? What does that fucking mean? People who eat glass in... Because then the guy gets a bunch of glass in, in him in his throat or whatever, right? Like, the message is don't eat your house, Steve. I guess so. Don't eat your house. We all know mm-hmm. We all know that. I mean, that's we learned that as kids. Duh. It goes without saying. Don't eat your house. That, that was what Hansel and Gretel was all about. Exactly. Don't eat the house, kids. <laughs> but yeah, like at the end there, though, he for a second, he talks white. He talks like Brian Bat. Like he, he's got the voice that he had before. And then uh, the, the girlfriend's like, what's that? And he's like, oh, just practicing back in Cliff's voice. And then when it, it cuts to them, like doing the show, he's still talking in Cliff's voice. So. What were they getting at with him slipping up and talking like Brian Bat for a moment? And what was he talking about know. practice? What was he practicing? Because when he does the show, he doesn't talk like Brian Bat. It it just doesn't make sense. Like the the shit no. doesn't come together. Yeah, this needed a little bit more work on on the entire script and message of this of this segment. Because it's like you said, like the first segment here, yeah, it seemed kind of cheap and there's some stilted acting and stuff. But I was still like, okay. They're hitting some messages and things, so you're all like where this is going, and then it got to this part, and I was like, oh, no, this is more of what I was expecting <laughs> out of this, based on the credits and the intro and stuff. This yeah. is more like, okay, this is what I was expecting. Yeah, this is the more low-budget, low-effort, it seems, yeah. Low-effort is the best way to describe it, yeah. yeah. Definitely low-effort, man. Uh, uh, the third segment yeah, that we get to night. here. Now, this is kind of a kind of a vampire story in the middle of this, and... I can't say that this brings a lot of inventiveness or originality no, to the entire story of like play out before. Oh man, yeah, yeah, like people are preying on these sexy persons. They turn out to be vampires. Now the predator uh is now the prey. Blah blah blah. Like it's just like a very fucking common ass story that I don't see how it I don't see how it relates to the entire uh, message of Tales from the Hood. I don't really understand. They did it in Trick or Treat. They did it in Holidays. I, I think I've seen it in other uh, anthologies before, too. Yeah. You would hope then they'd bring a spin to it. Like, okay, here's that tried and true kind of story, but here's our spin on it. Here's how it's different. And the only spin on it is these people play cards against humanity wrong. That's true. They do. Yeah. They fucking blow it. There's no truth in this art. There is no truth in this art. Just so you know, if you play cards against humanity by taking the card from the person and knowing the answer uh, as associated with that person and then picking the answer of the person you like the most, you're playing cards against humanity wrong. It's supposed to be the most disgusting and filthy one. Duh. That's why it's fun. <laughs> yeah, man, they kind of. Bl- I love cards against humanity. That's oh, it's so fun! Such a it's fun so fun. So it's disappointing to see that they fucking blew it. They absolutely like, blew it. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, I don't really understand, man. And you know, again, it's like it's kind of a story, I guess, about like you know date date rape culture. Yeah, but it, which it, that's fucking fucked up and horrendous. But uh, I mean, this isn't 
really exploring it all that well, and it doesn't seem all that relevant to the movie itself. It's just being like, ha ha ha, you thought you were going to date Ray Buzz, but instead we're going to have you killed by our boyfriend vampires in the basement. Also, here's the thing. Like, whenever it got to the part where the guys, you know, they show up to the house with the two girls and stuff, and they eventually, you know, drug him and make him fall asleep. Why the fuck did they do that? Because the girls seemed so very obviously into them and hot to trot. Like, why? Uh, I mean, I guess that does make them more depraved, right? That at least maybe that's something to to latch onto as a positive. That wh- why would they do this? They are that depraved that the these two women were interested in having sex with them, but they still I have to so, do this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's the shortest segment by far. It's it's really short. Very short, and like I think my notes on it are seriously like four lines. Yeah, I, di- I didn't long. have much. There's nothing to I, it. I really just wrote it down like I've seen this before. <laughs> like, I think the effects are pretty good. Like whenever they're down there in kind of that dungeon area, and there's like all the other kind of zombie vamp dudes that are reaching through the bars at the guys and stuff. They look pretty cool. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was a good like people under the stairs sort of reference, and I yeah. like that. That always cool to reference an awesome movie. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I think that was good. That was well done. It just like, you know, you build, you need to build the terror up more. There needed to be more to it than just that. It would have been better if the girls drugged them, if they didn't do yeah. anything wrong. Like maybe that's your twist on the story. Like, well, I guess though that, that, that holiday segment was that too. She was just a serial killer. Like there yeah. was no other, uh, reason for her to kill this guy except she's a serial killer so but that had the twist of he's also a serial killer this could have been like they drug them and then maybe they you know do whatever they want to them etc blah 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 like but at least something new something fresh something different other than just this yeah what what if the girl you tried to date rape actually was a vampire okay now here's the thing about this that also i liked until i didn't like it anymore and that was when my my got bad to you Photo, yeah, it got bad to me when my photo major wife pointed this out. So, whenever they have drugged the girls and they're uh-huh. laying there on the bed and they set up the camera uh-huh. to like videotape their their sex acts, and it was like it just shows the floating clothes. I was like, oh man, cool! It's showing the floating clothes problem with vampires. That's neat. But only it's digital. It's a digital camera. Doesn't There's no mirrors. mirror inside no. of that, so that actually wouldn't even be that way like you you could record a vampire on your iphone yeah absolutely i i i think in the past i've uh i i thought about this when i was watching that i think i've said it would make sense that you can't take a picture of a vampire because it uses a mirror but i realized it only uses the mirror for the viewfinder Mm, mm -hmm. the mirror actually goes down and then light is exposed to the film so the mirror's not involved in the actual picture, which would mean you could take a picture of a vampire, but if you looked through the viewfinder to take the picture of the vampire, you would not see them. Okay, that's true. <laughs> but Interesting. yes, exactly. On a digital camera, why? Why is why would they not be able to? There's no mirror involved at all. Yeah, man. Yeah, this this segment was just so simple and I don't feel like it had any kind of like uh racially relevant message to it it just kind of seemed thrown in as like oh it's a horror short here you go put it in this movie yeah yeah it does it does seem kind of just tossed in so uh 
ready to move on to the last one with the biggest one the longest yeah one let's by go ahead far. and do that yeah because yeah, this is this is like a pretty significant chunk of the movie and i'll say that this one has the most heart behind it and it's hard not to considering the subject matter you know it deals with uh, yeah. the the killing of of emmett till. emmett till yeah and several several others are involved um or at least shown but their stories yeah. aren't told but emmett tells emmett till's actual story is being shown alongside this tale because they intertwine and um the history parts with emmett till are the best looking best shot and probably best written of the entire movie yeah i agree with that those feel the most like high bar like okay wow they put some yeah some love into this and put Absolutely. some care into this for sure, man. But but it is interspersed with all this other stuff where it's like in the present day where these people are trying to have a baby, blah, blah, blah stuff. Right. Where it's like, this doesn't really matter. There's a plantation owner named Cotton. Isn't that obvious? Like, uh. Yeah. And he does. He looks like Colonel Sanders, as I said earlier. He looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, obviously that guy's racist. Um, Duh. Yeah. It, like it would have been better to like uh, give us the guy who's like, I'm just a good old Southern boy. I just wear my suit and look like a regular fella. Also, I hate everyone who isn't white. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly what we're dealing with pretty regularly. We're not getting the Colonel Sanders types. We know they're racist. Nobody's surprised. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like honestly, the entire story of, of Emmett Till, like, is so fucked up and, and horrific. If you don't know the details... Do yourself a favor and just read up on this stuff. It's easy to find out about horrible things that happened in the past. Yeah. Uh, the story itself is so fucked up that even if they just presented it... That would have been the better segment. That would have been like, hey, also what you just watched is true and this happened. This is real racially motivated horror. Yeah. I mean, if you presented that as horror and somebody was like, I don't see the horror in this, it'd be like, oh, what's, you like exposing yourself for being a horrendous racist, I see. Yeah. Because this is I'll horrific. never talk to you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, Lovecraft Country did a better job of, of portraying the Emmett Till story than this. But, the, like, this, if it just did the Emmett Till parts, would have been far and away the best segment yeah yeah totally because those are solid and they're as you said it looks the it's great. like it looks like they had a lot of reverence toward the situation they were like we're we're trying to replicate this very horrific murder of a 14 year old boy uh based on fake rape allegations uh, uh the woman who alleged this has admitted they were fake and she's still alive and walking around and not in prison Holy shit. So this shit is not that fucking distant. Yeah. The yeah, guys that's, who that's murdered crazy him thing about didn't it. get put in prison at all. They were acquitted by an all-white jury very quickly. It was not a problem. Wow, shocker. Yeah. That's and this horrible. is a fucking kid, dude. He's this a 14-year-old. It's fucking ridiculous. But uh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that story and the way that they that it's shot by Rusty Cundiff is so fucking good. Looks great. Good. Really, like, does, like... The stuff we know was said is said, and like you know the events as as uh, they they happened or portrayed in the way they happened, and it's it's just really powerful and solid. It, but then like the story that it's connected to is kind of I you never I never feel a full connection to what's going on in it because she's seeing his wife the this politician who is a, a black Republican 
uh, <laughs> which he, he's dressed all wrong. And we've all seen the Key and Peele skit. Black Republicans oh, yeah. wear a very specific outfit. Exactly. It's very, <laughs> very specific look. I am pissed. I am royally <laughs> pissed. Dude, that shit is so fucking good. That's awesome. Oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, so the, the, it's a, a black Republican. He's basically uh, being asked by his party to sell out the black community, and he is all for doing it. And uh, his wife is pregnant. She's had several miscarriages, and she is seeing the ghost of Emmett Till in the woods. And, uh, <laughs> like, by, like, the the more he progresses toward actually selling out his community, somehow it is changing the past to where Emmett Till decides not to be killed. Yeah. What? And like, I mean, if you if you read the story, it, yeah, it's possible if he had simply apologized, they would have just beat him and not killed him. It's possible. There may be a world where that happened. I I don't think so. I, I, I don't know, but whatever. Um, so yeah, like it's like that, that, I mean, they sort of try, they, the, the connection they're trying to make is by not honoring the sacrifices gifted to him by these civil rights, uh, leaders that are shown, I mean, or civil, civil rights. What am I saying here? Emmett Till wasn't fighting for civil rights, but his, his death was a huge, like, spark in the a civil spark, rights movement yeah, yeah. So ignited it, it yeah we're seeing the ghosts of these people like emmett till and carol mcnair addie may collins cynthia wesley and carol robertson who were murdered by the kkk in the terrorist bombing of the 16th street baptist church in birmingham alabama also shown is uh james earl cheney along with andrew goodman and michael schwerner the two white guys you saw there who were civil rights workers who were killed by the KKK in 1964, who were Damn. investigating a church burning. They were killed by the same people who burned the church. 1964, not that long ago, by the KKK, which is still very much real and apparently not a terrorist organization. What? Well, and then there's MLK, who was hounded by a terrorist organization, the FBI, um, and yeah. then killed by a man who may have had some incitement from the cia so whatever uh point is you know, terrorist organizations full of white people have been killing black people for a long time yeah yeah and it's like it's really easy for this to be a very powerful story just based on the obviously real subject matter that it's based on but it's kind of like what you said a second ago like a lot of the i guess mythology mechanics um of how this whole thing works just get really wacky where she's like the baby is shrinking yeah what <laughs> what yeah that is strange i don't get how that like that that all didn't make a ton of sense to me but the you know they his mom she's trying to convince him not to do this nonsense and when um you know she, whenever emily the the wife starts talking about this seeing this ghost the mom kind of believes her and then goes and gets this other guy. I cannot remember his name. The He's the one who comes in and, and he's like, you know, you need to uh, honor the sacrifices that were gifted you. And, you know, yeah. this is what's going on. And this is what needs to happen to fix this. Uh, and, of course, it, it, like, we're going through these shifting timelines. Like, time is changing. And suddenly she's not pregnant and says that he kidnapped her. 
and now the KKK police show up to arrest him for kidnapping a white woman, and then they beat him to death. Yeah. And that, that, that's like the end. Like, that, I, I mean, I, I understand that these, the point of it is honor the sacrifices that are gifted you, but like that's, he doesn't get that opportunity. He just becomes one of the sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really understand how that all ties together. Yeah. There's a little bit of inconsistency though. Again, like, like just stick with the Emmett Till story. Like that is horror. That is in and of itself frightening as fuck. People show up at your house because you talked to a woman and they want to kill you and you're 14 and then they do take you and beat you and then tie uh what was it they tied to his neck with barbed wire something heavy and then threw him in the fucking river right he has like a millstone or some shit yeah fucking insane yeah insane and and you know it's it's just one of those deals where it's like you don't have to make up horrific stories about just show them racism in america like there's plenty that are written in the fucking history books like you don't have to make this stuff up it's right there in our history yeah i admire the fact that this segment takes that stand to be like hey we don't need to sensationalize anything or fictionalize anything this This is just what it was this is the cold reality of what it was yeah like i admire it for that but it's like honestly you don't really need anything else on top of that like if anything it almost makes it seem more fictional to add more stuff to it yeah yeah i think i think you could have had two separate segments there you could have had just a full-on the retelling of the emmett till story as is starkly bleakly showing what it was uh, and then have a story about a black politician struggling with selling out his community to gain uh political power yeah. Like that 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 could be a completely different separate thing. And you could still talk about honoring the sacrifices and stuff and it might even hit more powerfully if it just followed the true Emmett Till story. Kind of diluted it a little bit whenever you added all that stuff into the actual Emmett Till story for sure, man. And then you know, at, at the end of all that, we're treated to the <laughs> the finale of the really rap yeah rap. garbage <laughs> framing device with the <laughs> Avengers Captain America yeah. robot thing that is just. I mean, t- to say it looks like Sci Fi Channel is is kind of insulting. Like it really looks terrible. It's we, insulting to the Sci Fi Channel to say that it looks like you that. Might you might know? be surprised to know that there is a Tales from the Hood three that huh? came out on Sci Fi. No shit. Yep. Have you seen it? No, I have not. I, I was thinking of watching it, but then I was mm-hmm. like, I I don't want that in my head right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I want to go into this movie because like, I, I, you know, I, I we've been talking about it. Watching this movie, I was like, this is not a good movie. No. And I didn't. I was thinking if I watch Tales from the Hood 3, is it is it going to make me more infuriated that the sequels just aren't as good as the like even close? to the original and they're made by the same guys like i like i i just i i feel like if you've got you know 20 something years to think about it and work on it and consider it and you're in this this time the trump era where everybody is focusing on these racial issues you finally got this like moment to really shine 
Yeah, dude. I mean, in the moment where the fucking, the racists love the president. Right. They love the president at this time. Yep. Like you, you there's so much you could have done. So much that could yeah. have happened. I understand the $3.2 million budget was really going to be an issue. Um, but man, I don't know. I, I feel like other creators have, have found ways to make it work. Yeah. And, and I, I really wish like, cause I see so much potential in, in, um, like, I think good golly is solid and I, and I see so much potential in the sacrifice specific, just specifically them at till part. That's yeah. like, I could see this being put together, like with a long enough timeline. Cause this was shot in April of 2018 and then premiered at a, a festival in July. So Whoa, the, shot for fast. a month and then a couple of months of post-production. Damn, dude. That's not enough. Not enough, yeah. Just a real, real, like, time crunch. And, I, yeah, I'd like I'd like to have they seen... They deserve better. Yeah, I'd like to have seen what it would look like if they had gotten a uh, similar budget to the original and gotten to do what they would want to do. Because I, can, oh, I yeah. can see getting your writer's fee for this and being like, this is all I'm getting paid for this? Y'all are not getting my A-level shit. Right. For sure, man. And I mean, I'll also say just as a disclaimer, it's like we're two fucking white dudes that were born in the, the mid eighties. <laughs> right. And if we're totally missing things here, oh, absolutely. I'm not surprised. And not let us either. know what just they let are. Us know. I, absolutely. Yeah. I would love to be corrected and find out that the, there's a lot to be loved here. Same. It's like, maybe there's things I'm not seeing because of my own experience. You exactly. Know? So, you know, if that's the case, let us know. I, but otherwise, know. I just I just don't... Yeah, I don't think... I don't think this is very good. I don't think it's a good follow-up to a much better movie. Um, it, It's not something I'm, I think I'll ever watch again. I'm in, in no rush. No. Yeah, I've now seen it three times. And um, I think that's probably enough. <laughs> three and done man three, three and, and done. done yeah third time was the charm indeed what are you what are you putting this thing on that on that old one to ten scale oh boy um uh, i think you know with uh good golly and the emmett till parts yeah you get uh, solidly you know like a two and a half to a three yeah yeah i'm right there with you i, I was gonna say just in terms of just like the good stuff. I mean, they they did well on a budget. Keith David is fucking awesome. Keith David's great. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff in the Good Golly section, I I really enjoy, and, and like you said, bringing light to the history of the of the Emmett Till murder and stuff is is very heavy and very impactful. So like all the points are definitely going to those factors, mm-hmm. and that's about it, honestly. Yep. <laughs> um, I think like two and a half for me. Like it's just like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in no no I rush think to fair. watch this again. And I, I just feel like it could have said a lot more given the time period that this is being produced in. Yeah, I, I, I think I would expect a good bit more. I I mean, I what I would really have loved is to have seen the, um, the y'all think Trump's the problem perspective. Like, yeah, for sure, right? That, like, because like you kind of get that with uh, when she says the con- this country used to be messed up and he says better now, is it? Like... You kind of get that, but like I would have liked to have seen an entire segment sort of dedicated to how, you know, <laughs> Trump's just brought out the racists. They were always there. 
Oh yeah. yeah. They weren't they were just hiding because they thought they couldn't say that shit. The second they thought it was cool, they come right out of the woodwork to say it. Yep. Yeah, because that's honestly a horrific thing about the past several years that we saw is just like, oh, they were there all along. Like none of that shit was ever eradicated. Yep. They were just waiting for a guy to get in the fucking big chair in the White House to share their viewpoints and they're like, yep, that's me too. Like, come on, dude. Like, that's easy. And then they can uh, they can wash their hands of it and be like, well, I, I don't like everything he says, but I do agree oh on God, his policies. Dude. And it's like, Shit. hmm, it's weird that his policies seem to be pretty fucking racist too. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So you're saying you like it, but the racism isn't a deal breaker is what you're telling me. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wish this movie could have done more. I feel like it was a really good time and a place to say something strong and it just seemed very rushed to yeah. me like we got a week what can we do i don't know yeah i mean yeah it did come together real fast and and again yeah lo- low budget i'm, I'm assuming you know because the uh, two directors rusty cundiff and, and darren scott like they're uh probably expecting a, an okay director's fee and writer's fee and then you got keith david and then you got some effects and stuff beyond that like you've got like 20 other actors it's 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 gonna be tight on 3.2 million so yeah i i still think they could have made it better but i i do see why when you rush it and don't give it enough of a budget you're not gonna come out with a good product sure well you guys be sure to let us know what you think about this flick over on the facebook and instagram pages that's right facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely and uh at dead lovely pod on twitter and instagram we're also on that patreon patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely you head on over there you become a patron on any level and you get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes where we introduce each other to a show and we talk about it and then we decide at the end of the episode if we're going to continue watching that show and I have continued watching Raising Hope because it's awesome. So it's a success. We'll find out this month if Ben's going to continue watching The Boys. The Boys. And also if you support the show on the $5 level you can submit a movie into the Smoking Bowl where we draw a movie out of every month and watch something that our listeners and supporters request and that's exactly what we're going to be doing next, next week. week. Check the Patreon drawing video tomorrow, Thursday, that is, to find out which movie we'll be covering next week. Oh my God, can you believe it? Holy moly, I can't believe we're doing that. It's it has been amazing. a long time. What? Maybe my entire life since I have seen that, depending on what movie it was. Or maybe I have seen it recently, perhaps. Perhaps it could be one of those, but either way, it was a Patreon drawing, and you can get yours drawn on the show by supporting the show at the $5 or above level on the Patreon page. Hell yeah. That's right. And also join us on Friday nights for the screaming chat. It really is a blast. Uh, we chat on Discord. We watch a movie on YouTube. You don't even have to pay any money. It's it's not Netflix. It's not Amazon. It's not Shutter. It's YouTube. So you know the quality is low and the drinking is high. All right. That's right. And the company is all good. So be sure to hang out with us then and tune in next week. For another installment of Dead and Lovely. Hope everybody out there is staying well. And don't forget, kids, drugs, not (laughs) hugs. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 
you know, Steve, was us being born in the mid '80s like we were? We kind of grew up in prime race car bed age because I right. remember when I was a kinder kid, like all the fucking coolest dudes on the block had themselves that sick race car bed, and I was wondering, like, is this still a thing? Like, are parents still buying their kids? race car beds okay. or do you think that in this day and age of like the super woke super eco conscious you know crunchy uh parents that we have out there raising kids these days mm-hmm. do you think they're buying their kids maybe hybrid car beds or like subaru <laughs> beds yeah what do you think? i mean yeah i think so probably like a yeah you're in a <laughs> just a hybrid car bed so it's it doesn't look cool but also it doesn't get any different gas mileage than the other do you think that those kids like pick on the kids that have you know disgusting um exhaust belching gasoline powered beds do you think they like, pick on them and stuff you know what this is the one instance where i'm gonna side with the kids with the cool beds yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think these uh i think these kids in their electric car beds can just eat shit <laughs> think you're better than me huh <laughs> i'm gonna start rolling coal in my bed <laughs> rolling coal <laughs> i got stacks two mm-hmm. fat stacks on my bed post yeah the bed posts are stacks <laughs> they just belch out black smoke <laughs> just because it smoked don't mean it broke <laughs> what <laughs> yeah awesome. i've heard people say that actually i believe it i believe <laughs> do you think the families that are like really hippied out and do like the like group family sleep where everybody you know sleeps in the same bed do you think they have a minivan bed just room for the whole family i think so that's i mean yeah that sounds pretty nice right a, a <laughs> minivan bed yeah <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't see how that would be weird at all no, no. nothing strange about that 